Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Father's Day once again to all the dads, and uh, welcome to Cross Church this morning. I don't think I mentioned this early, but my name is Chris, and I'm the pastor of discipleship here at Cross Church. So if we haven't met, uh, glad to meet you across the waves here this morning. And uh, Pastor Alan, as I said earlier, is off today for the first time in quite a long time, a well-deserved break after, I think, really close to 18 months straight. I think that's correct. Uh, wow, just amazing time that he's preached straight through since late January 2020, all the way through this COVID period, and it's just been phenomenal week after week what he's had to share with us. So we are blessed to have him, and I am just so uh, blessed that uh, he's honored me with the opportunity to uh, share this morning and while he has a uh, Sunday off and get some well, well-deserved rest. So I have to admit, I love this time of year. Uh, first of all, at the end of May, it's my birthday, so the weather is getting really nice around that time. Uh, I love lilacs, they're blooming, and other trees that are in bloom, of course. And you get presents, I get spoiled a bit, it's, it's, it's great. And then comes, obviously, this time in June, and it's Father's Day, and guess what happens? I get more gifts, I get a bit more spoiled, and... You know, I can put the guilt trip on my kids again to do some more things for me. So <laughs> it's a great time to be alive. I am not going to deny it. Uh, it's a special time for sure. And segueing into something else that's special, well, I guess it depends what you think of them, but I have a few special Father's Day or dad jokes to share with you this morning. So, uh, you know, I'm here kind of almost by myself this morning with a few of the tech team and uh, most of them can't really laugh because they're on camera and they don't want to shake them. So uh, it's going to be a bit weird me telling jokes pretty much to myself, but I'm going to give it a try. And so make sure you laugh really hard at home, okay, this morning. Uh, let's give some a try. Here we go. Two boys were chatting one day on the way home from school. One boy asks, hey, uh, what does your dad do for a living anyway? And the other boy replies, hey, my dad does something really special. He is a magician. What? That's cool, the other boy says. Uh, what are your, uh, some of your favorite tricks that he does? Well, I have to say I love when my dad saws people in half. What? Hey, does he ever perform in your family? Well, as a matter of fact, he does. That's why I have uh, four half-sisters and one half-brother all right, hope you're laughing at that one. Uh, one morning, shortly after school started, the teacher calls the home of little Fred. Hello, this is Miss Lawson. I understand Freddie won't be coming to school today. Uh, yes, uh, that's correct, the voice says. Um, now, can I ask, uh, who am I speaking to, said the teacher. And the voice replies, um, this is my father speaking. <laughs> Are you laughing? Did you get it? I hope so. Anyway, here's a few more traditional dad jokes, some of my favorites. What did the buffalo say to his little boy when he was leaving for work? Bye, son. Why did the scarecrow win the award? Because he was outstanding in his field. And what did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? I love this one. I'm 80. I'm 80. <laughs> hope you get it. Okay, last one, last one, I promise. Okay, last year, an only child told his dad that next time around, he wants 50% of his dad's Father's Day gifts. He says, 
if it weren't for me being your son, you wouldn't even be a father. But I'm, okay, that's it. That's it. No more jokes. Hope you laughed. Well, I've been a father for almost 18 years now. It's amazing. Uh, I have three wonderful kids, Lauren, Michael, and Samuel, and it's really been a great journey being a father. You know, becoming a father isn't something to be taken lightly. And over the years, I've had some great, great memories. I've had some wonderful moments together. Uh, I felt so honored to be a dad. And I know, too, over the years, I've made my share of uh, mistakes and failures, uh, whether it's raising my voice maybe too loud or losing my temper, certainly has happened, uh, or not displaying the best example of how to act. I know I have many areas I need to grow in, that's for sure. Uh, but we know, contrary to my last joke there, being a father is much, much more than just having a child. You know, it seems uh, so many people nowadays have a wrong idea of what really makes a good father. For the past 50 years or more, media and uh, society as a whole has really put more and more of a negative spin on the role of a father. Respect for fathers has decreased in TV, uh, newspaper articles, education, politically, socially. You know, listen to some of the shocking information written about fathers and, and really the incredible lack of respect that fathers get. Now, in the 2013 book that was made, Fathers in Cultural Context, Joseph Pleck of the University of Illinois writes this, the notion that fathering is essential to children's social and personality development seems to be a uniquely American preoccupation. Current research actually provides little support for this, what he says, is a popular conception of paternal essentiality. Then there's this July 27, or sorry, July 2010 line in The Atlantic, and it says the bad news for dads is that despite common perception, uh, really there's nothing objectively uh, essential about his contribution. But the good news, listen to this, the good news is we've gotten used to him. Can you believe that? This is the you know, this destructive garbage we see coming out of Hollywood and uh, from various media outlets. And I'm really afraid that too often this sort of information, this slant, is coming across to our kids very strongly, even in our schools. Well, enough negative. The, you know, the reason I'm here this morning and the reason why I'm glad you're here this morning and tuning in is that as Christians, we have a clear instruction on what a good, godly father is and should look like. So let's go to the Bible and see what the Apostle Paul says about fathers. This is from the New Living Translation, Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and your mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not Provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, I always really enjoy comparing a few different translations, and here is how these verses are 
written in the Amplified Bible. I'm just going to read this to you. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And then it says, that is, accept their guidance and discipline as his representatives. So let's just stop there for a moment. So that means, kids, think of your parents as God's representatives. God has given you parents for a very important reason. God gave you parents to teach you so you can learn to trust and obey them. And that will help you learn to trust and obey God. Then it goes on to say, for this is right, for obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. Honor or esteem or value as precious your father and your mother, and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life on earth. Now, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, or do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive. And don't show favoritism or don't show indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, Notice that the instruction here at the end is given specifically for fathers. Now, not that moms aren't involved, of course, but fathers here are specifically challenged with this responsibility to bring their children up, to raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And in the Message Bible, it words this last line as, take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Now, we're going to come back to look at that particular phrase in a little bit, but fathers, our role and responsibility is very, very important. Certainly not easy, but very important to our kids, of course, and to God. Now, briefly going back to how the world views the role of a father, especially in these last number of decades, as it's declined more and more. Uh, in the 2010 blog by Mark Turkarski, this fellow really stirred the pot as how important the role of a father is. Listen to what he writes. Uh, he, oh, first of all, he decided he would compare a number of other roles in life, even careers. So the blog post was entitled, The Four Most Important Professions. And so here, Mark goes on to write this. Here is what are, in my view, the four most important professions. And please let me know if I'm wrong, he writes. The number one role, he says, are mothers. Number two on the list, teachers. Number three, he says, are engineers. And the number four most important profession, builders. Uh, this blogger goes on to say, I know that fathers should be on the list there somewhere, and that good dads really make our lives better, uh, maybe I would put dads at number five, he writes, but they are usually very, very busy. I think actually being a dad comes second behind being the breadwinner. You know, Mark's view, along with so many, is that of a dad just kind of bringing home the bacon, as they say. You know, finally, here's one written in the 2010 uh, Atlantic, again, shortly before Father's Day, and the title of the article, I'm just going to share this, 
It simply emphasizes once again this worldly thought, are fathers even necessary? So, you know, this morning I'm not here to discuss if fathers are necessary. The Bible, of course, makes it very clear that fathers are not only necessary, but essential. The real question we need to answer is, are fathers going to be involved in their children's lives? And what does that involvement look like? Now, Roland Warren is the president of the National Fatherhood Initiative, helping to engage fathers in the life of their children. And Warren says, you know, this question of involvement is what makes social scientists so interested in the benefits of engaged fathers, and at the same time, so deeply concerned about the cost of father absence. Now, Warren says, he's talking about the U.S., he says, the, real, the reality we are facing is that approximately uh, one out of every three children is in a father-absent home, and four in every ten children are born to unmarried mothers. You know, I think our society really needs a refresher course on fatherhood, don't you? And of course, we find the answers clearly from God himself in his word. Now, in verse 3, we read that God wants children to have a good life. God wants things to go well for children and wants them to have a long life. So fathers, how do we help our children accomplish this particular goal? Well, in this passage, we find that there are three uh, not-so-easy steps to be a great dad. And we're going to go back to look at these verses today, but from the message Bible. So first, uh, we see here, dads, that we need to teach our children to honor their parents. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment that has a promise attached to it. And the promise is, so you will live well and have a long life. So uh, we find many verses in the Bible that convey uh, this very same message. Of course, this verse in particular comes from the 10th commandment, uh, the 10 commandments, sorry, uh, that we find in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. And also we hear about honoring our parents in Leviticus 19. It says, each of you must show great respect for your mother and your father. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases God. Proverbs 1, Proverbs 6 both say, My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. In Matthew 15 and Matthew 19, Jesus himself, he says, Honor your father and your mother. Now, the definition of honor, the act of giving honor to someone, it's defined as the respect that people have for someone who achieves something great, or who is very powerful, or who behaves in a way that is morally right. So fathers, we really, really need to consider, are we honorable? Are the actions and the lifestyles we live, the things that we do, and the way that we act, are we living a godly life? And through that, are we gaining our children's respect? Are we inspiring our children? You know, I'm really, really preaching to myself here this morning. As I mentioned earlier, I have three kids at home still, 
Samuel, Michael, and I just got to say, uh, I'm really proud of my daughter, Lauren. She's graduating from high school this coming week. So uh, it's thrilling, thrilling for her family to see her uh, graduating grade 12. She's just done amazing. But my desire is that my kids, while they are at home still, and as they get older and even eventually begin their life on their own, uh, my desire is that I will gain not only their trust, but their respect as a good, godly role model. And as we've discussed already, our culture does not set the bar very high for dads, does it? Now, it's interesting, though, that back in the early days of TV, uh, there were shows like Leave it to Beaver. Some of you may know that one, and especially the show called Father Knows Best. Well, these shows really portrayed dads in a very, very positive light. Uh, There's a pop culture expert named Al Martin, and he says that dads were very guiding leaders in those particular shows and were almost like godlike figures in the family homes. Fathers were the breadwinners, yes, but they also interacted well with their children, and they were the disciplinarians in the home as well. Family life was much more simple. Family time included regular dinner time around the table together, discussing the events of the day. And, you know, the father really was like the patriarch and the moral compass. He was directing and modeling the family's behaviors and morals. But as the years went on, uh, Hollywood began portraying their fathers as foolish, incompetent, you know, just even plain idiots. I remember as a little kid watching uh, the show Archie Bunker, he was a bigoted loudmouth. You know, there's Ray Romano, whose wife and family call him an idiot routinely. Cartoon characters like Homer Simpson and the American Dad, these are bumbling fools with complete lack of morals. None of these characters had a strong respect or garnered any really uh, real honor from their family at all. Children are to honor their fathers and their mothers. And this command, by the way, In case you didn't know it or didn't catch it, this is the first commandment about human relationships. It's the only one that relates to the family. And the Apostle Paul uses it again here in the passage we're looking at today. This one command, honor your father and your mother, it really is the foundation for a family. And truly, this principle, this command of God is the foundation for all right human relationships. If a child grows up with a sense of respect and honor for their parents and authority, that child will also grow up with a great respect and honor for authority and respecting others. And secondly, this is a lifelong command. This truly is one of the strongest ways to teach our children how to respect their parents, and that's by respecting our parents, no matter how old we get. You know, this really helps us teach and pass on the lifestyle of respect, respect for fathers and mothers. And teaching our children to respect their parents also instills in them the importance of respecting authority, as I mentioned. Learning to have respect for authority, it really is critical. Without it, as we're seeing a lot today, uh, we're going to slip into chaos and even anarchy. And most importantly, the most important reason why we train our children 
to obey and respect us as parents, as fathers and mothers, and respect those in authority, is we want our children to love and to respect the ultimate authority, which is, of course, God himself. Loving and obeying our parents, the Bible says, leads us to living a well and a long life. But loving and obeying God leads to, as Pastor Alan mentions quite often, it leads to a new life, it leads to a purposeful, uh, abundant life, and it leads to eternal life with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, do you ever wonder why our society is going downhill more and more, why people are going so crazy? Well, interestingly, it's not just because of sin. Sin has been around since the beginning of time, but as our world slips further and further away from godly principles and godly lifestyles, there is a whole generation of children coming up or already grown up that respects nothing and no one. They are anything but centered on God. Now, in the Old Testament, God says the Israelites are a holy nation, set apart from the rest of the world. They were to be a nation that would brightly shine God's love, to be God's ambassadors to all nations. In Deuteronomy 6, God says to the Israelites, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Even tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as a reminder. Even write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, God clearly wants the Israelites to be holy. He wants them to live right, to be set apart. God wants them to share the message of God and his love with the entire world. And interestingly, what is the first way that God tells them to carry out this massive undertaking? By simply passing it on to their children. God says, repeat these commands again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. Even tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as a reminder. Write them on your doorposts and on the gates of your house. Parents were to develop a real God-centered home, a God-centered lifestyle. God-centered talk and communication, God-centered activities, God-centered thoughts, and God-centered actions. John MacArthur says that Israelite parents were to continually speak about the things of God so that the knowledge and love of him would become a matter of, listen to this, daily life and breath for the entire family. Even when parents were away or when they were gone from this earth, children would continue in these ways, and that's because of what was written on their hearts. They continued in the actions of their parents because they loved and honored their parents. And more importantly, they were taught and grew up to personally love and respect the Lord, their God. Now, we live in a fallen world, 
a world with terrible, a terrible sin nature. So teaching honor is not easy at all. Mentors, role models, teachers, those who have influence on children and parents, and of course I'm talking specifically and especially to fathers this morning. As a Christian father, make it your personal mission to build a home that is centered around God. Take to heart what is going on in your home. And think about it. Are you centered on God? What are the priorities or main activities in your home? Are they God-honoring? What are the hours your kids have at home spent doing? What are the hours you have at home spent doing? Do you find that God is at the center of your conversations around the table at breakfast, lunch, or supper, or other times in the house? Is God at the center of what you spend your money on? For the Israelites, God's desire for them was to be centered on him in all their conversations, all their actions, all their daily life activities. And really, this is our challenge, isn't it? Not just on Sunday mornings, but moment by moment. So God truly becomes the life and the breath in our homes. Now, uh, we've all heard the analogy, I'm sure, of the frog in the pot of water. And the water temperature is set to slowly rise. And the water gets warmer and warmer, but the frog is able to adapt to the warmer temperature all the way until the water is boiling and the frog boils to death. Well, sadly, our society has changed its overall values slowly but surely. And all too often, like the frog, Christians have been lulled into these lowering standards as well. We really need to take stock of our lifestyles, especially families with young children. Slowly letting our values slide can have serious, serious consequences, especially for children. So let's model honor in our lifestyle by honoring God first and foremost, like it's our lifeblood. Let's honor our wives, those in authority, honor each other. You know, in order to teach our children to honor us, we need to live in a way that makes it possible for them to honor us. So dads, our first step to teaching our children to honor their father and mother is to make sure that our homes and our lives honor God in everything so that the knowledge and love of God would become a matter of daily life and breath for the entire family. Now, the next not-so-easy step is being an excellent father. Uh, we find this in uh, the first part of verse 4. I'm just going to skip there. It says, fathers, don't frustrate your children. And in the NIV, it, words, it uses the word exasperate, or the NLT says, do not provoke. And the Greek word translated means to make someone uh, beside themselves with frustration. They basically get so angry, they act like another person. What makes children angry for the most part? Uh, what makes children angry at their parents? Children get angry and upset when they are not able to share their thoughts and their feelings. Now, the cross church tagline is for life. And it means that we are all about relationships. Developing a strong relationship with Jesus Christ and 
developing a strong relationship with the people in his church. God created us for relationships, and relationships grows through communication. So fathers, make sure you communicate with your child. Don't just talk. Uh, don't just listen. Communicate. This is one of the greatest ways to benefit your child. Now, I know there's been times when I've really pressed my kids uh, to talk to me about something I can really sense is bothering them. And I know, I know they don't like it when I do that. But when they finally do talk about it, uh, they feel so much better. I feel better. We all feel much better. And everyone's in a much better mood, that's for sure. Now, my dad, uh, he wasn't the most talkative guy, that's for sure. But he was an amazing man. Uh, he was always helping his friends, neighbors, family. You know, he was the type of guy that could fix anything. Anything at all. Cars, uh, buildings, uh, appliances, you name it. Mainly electrical, that was his trade. And I remember him going to Calvary Temple Youth Camp. He'd get up on Saturday morning at 4 or 5 and he would drive out there just for the day to work and help out. Or he would be out helping his friend who ran a business in uh, Bozager, Manitoba. He would be out there all the time. He was always helping around Calvary Temple Church, fixing something, uh, whatever was needed. And, you know, my dad and I, we didn't have a lot of really deep conversations, but there were certainly times we would have a really good chat. And he was always there to really encourage me, uh, help me with the problem, give me some advice or wisdom. He was always there willing to listen, tell me things were going to be okay, and pray together. You know... Most people have it confused. The old analogy about kids should be seen and not heard. Kids need to communicate. Now, we're not talking about whining or complaining, or that's something else entirely, that's for sure, but I'm talking about just letting them talk, letting them communicate. And I would just say, if you recognize this to be true in a relationship you have with your child, uh, even a, an adult child, I would really encourage you to be uh, patient about this process, praying about it, praying about reestablishing a relationship of a two-way communication with them. Pray that the Holy Spirit would help you, give you courage, give you patience, and the ability to reconnect and build a new relationship. Now, the third not-so-easy step to being a great dad is you need to nurture your kids. Verse 4 here in the message, it says, Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. First, take them by the hand. You know, I really love uh, that verse and how it's worded here. It reminded me of, verse that, uh, of a verse that tells us how God does this exact same thing with those who believe in him. Isaiah 41.13 says, For I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I, the Lord your God, am here to help you. Wow, isn't that amazing to think about? God wants to care for us. He wants to take us by the hand. He wants to lead us in the right direction. He wants what's best for us. And God sets before us the perfect example, doesn't he? He knows how to nurture us and how to care for us. Now, the word nurture basically means to support and encourage someone, especially during the period of training or development. It means to, at certain points in development, to feed and protect. It means at the appropriate time to train and educate. 
And at certain times, it also is going to include discipline. So we have help, support, encourage, feed, protect, train, educate, guide, direct, discipline. You know, we give and offer all of this and more in the nurturing of our children. And we're not talking about simply passing on factual information here. We're talking about primarily focusing on training them and helping them develop their own personal relationship with God and teaching them the right attitudes and behaviors that please God. And the real key to nurturing uh, this developing process is that it's done with a heart that's centered on God, filled with God's love. Take them by the hand. Make sure the love for your child is clearly expressed to them. Now, uh, kids, those with little kids, all of us, I'm sure, can recognize this, that um, kids love holding hands, don't they? Now, I'm not going to embarrass my kids with any stories here this morning, but it's true. Kids, little kids, love to hold hands. And, you know, I'm not sure what age that kind of fades away, but it really is a precious time in life when you're walking with your young son or your daughter and they naturally reach up to grab and hold your hand. You know, hold their hands, hug them, even big kids. Now, I have to admit, I'm not the greatest hugger, and Lauren bugs me about it all the time and tells me I need to take lessons from Mr. Smith. But uh, anyway, make sure your child knows you love them in your words and in your actions. It's so true that if your child knows you love them, they will want to hang on to what's important to you. And we're circling back to honor here, aren't we? Well, that's exactly it. And then the second part of this verse says, and lead them in the way of the master. Now, this does not mean trying to lecture your children with a massive theological lesson or an in-depth Bible study. Really, if you do too much of this uh, in a force-feeding kind of way, it really can be a turnoff. Sadly, I can think of some friends growing up where this was the environment that they grew up in. And really, as soon as they were on their own, they wanted really nothing more to do with God, nothing to do with reading the Bible. It, it really is sad to see this happen. Uh, when it's forced and not done with love or good communication, with no encouragement, when it's not done in a true God-nurturing way, it really comes across as fake, even artificial. So dads, we need to model our own personal relationship with God, uh, doing our devotions, attending church weekly. Uh, your weekly, your daily, your moment-by-moment -moment walk with God is so important. You know, these habits we talk about so often at Cross Church, uh, these are not simply good suggestions. Are you living them out? Maybe you need to take some time to have a personal assessment you know, I think it would be great for all of us actually to do that once in a while, maybe every year or six months. We actually have a tool here at Cross Church you can use to do exactly that. Uh, I think you could probably just email Janet at info at crosschurch.ca requesting a copy of the Habits Self-Assessment. It has some very, very practical questions in it and some very personal questions in it, some that only you and God would know the answers to. You know, your kids see and they know what your habits are what would they say if someone asked them what your habits are think about that and really let God speak to your heart and another element of modeling good Christian values to our kids includes 
talking to them about our own personal struggles, our own weaknesses, our failures. You know, what are some of the things that tempt us? What are some areas that we need help in? Dads, you know, we need to let our kids know that we ourselves know that we are not perfect. Let them see that you want to seek and honor God with your whole life. Do you want to teach them to honor their parents? Well, you need to honor God. You want to build a good relationship with them and communicate well? You need to build a good relationship with your Heavenly Father and communicate well with Him. You want to nurture your child and lead them in the way of the Master? We need to really, truly make sure that we're submitted to our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and let Him lead us by the hand. Now, I have a little video I want to share this morning to end with today for Father's Day. Now, uh, of course, this video is directed specifically and especially at fathers, dads, but everyone watching this morning can really benefit and take lessons from this. So just before we watch that video, I just want to close in a word of prayer. And uh, thank you again for listening this morning. I pray that God's spoken to your heart. Well, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you once again that you have shown us the perfect way to build relationship and be in right relationship together. God, help us to be honoring to you and to be able to inspire and lead our children to, to honor us and to build a relationship of their own, their own personal relationship with you, Father. I pray that we would really think about where we spend our time during the day. What are the habits that our kids are seeing in us, what they're picking up in us, God? Help us to be mindful. Help us to be like a soldier that be on guard moment by moment, being, being always uh, wanting to, to express and to show the best example to them in a godly lifestyle. God, help us to take this really seriously, both fathers, father figures, and anyone that has influence on children. God, may we really, really this morning take this to heart. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us. And God, desire that after this morning to put some changes in motion. Maybe take that personal assessment of the habits of Christ. Maybe talk to someone. But God, help us not to just turn the TV off this morning and walk away, uh, but help us to put into action what we've heard here today. God, we, we want to honor you. We want to build our, our uh, homes as places that are centered on God. So we pray, Holy Spirit, you would help us do that. And uh, now we just commit the rest of this day to you, God. Help us enjoy this Father's Day. Even if our fathers aren't around or we had a bad relationship, God, help us to focus in on you and count our blessings that we can call you our Heavenly Father. So be with us, whatever we're up to for the rest of this day. And again, we just want to do it, giving you glory and all the honor and all the praise. And so we thank you and pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, well, enjoy watching this video. And again, happy Father's Day, everybody. Dad, you don't know it right now, but I'm watching you. Watching the things you do. I'm watching the way you treat people. The way you treat me and my mom and my sister. The way you live your life is having a big impact on me. 
when it's time for me to choose a career and provide for my family, your work ethic will be on my mind. The time you spend with me, even doing simple things, will give me a sense of security. There will be times in my life where I struggle with integrity, and I may be not sure what to do. But I will recall how you stood up for what was right, even if you could have looked the other way. Many of the choices you are making, I will also make. Please don't be afraid to show me your failures, to show me your mistakes. I will learn from them. Dad, are you listening? I'm watching. Watching to see if you really believe what you say about God. I need you to help show me the way. Show me how to live life that isn't safe, but is good. So I'm watching you, Dad, every day. You're teaching me how to live, whether you know it or not.